Quick disclaimer here, this episode is about two months old. One of the files had been completely corrupted. I thought there was no way we were gonna get it back finally figured out a way to salvage at least most of the episode so we'll still release it for you to enjoy but it is a bit older of news and discussion enjoy welcome to the full dive gaming podcast bringing you a full dive of all the news discussion and insights you need for virtual reality gaming this podcast is brought to you by asterian products they're a top selling company on amazon they make great vr and ar accessories check them out they got their origin mat is coming back in stock if you need a vr mat that keeps you from punching your children i'm jay brat i'm a vr youtuber and streamer I'm Matt Bratt, a VR enthusiast who likes to learn from sea creatures in VR. And I'm Adam Charlton, a pretty much normal guy, but I have very strong opinions on VR. <laughs> <laughs> Don't we all know? Well, we're here. We're keeping you up to date in the VR realm. We got some questions from our communities. We're going to talk to you about some of the VR news and then the games we've all been playing, even unofficial VR modded games. Adam, what's our first intense, important question we were asked? So the question, and it, it just burning on everyone's mind in our of all of our viewers shoopy asks what are your opinions on the packers absolutely sucking ass for this last game now i don't want to kink shame or anything right so i mean if they're into that good for them but it definitely sounds like they've been humiliated so hopefully they're into that and enjoyed it but as, as far as i know they were absolutely humiliated and sounds like they kind of deserved it <laughs> oof, oof. I totally missed everything going on in the world of football besides the occasional football VR game that Shave Dog tries to get us to play and talk about <laughs> on the podcast. I know nothing of the world of football. So, yeah, I, I don't have many opinions, but apparently Shoopy does. So we'll have to get into it a little more on the Discord. I got to know because I don't know what happened. Yeah, hopefully you didn't just lose one more fan based on what I said. <laughs> but, <you know. laughs> lose one, gain three. We'll see what happens. Well, <laughs> speaking of Shave Dog, the sports lover, uh, he Asked, with your deep connections at Meta, can you get all your followers a fat Cambria slash Quest Pro discount? This, of course, in reference to the fact that it looks like the Quest Pro, Project Cambria, whatever it is, is going to launch next month. And Shave Dog, I hate to disappoint you, but I, I barely even know if I'm going to get one, let alone if I can help <laughs> anyone get any cheaper. So I, I don't I've never actually met Mark. So. I don't think I have that kind of reach yet to get, get the, the, the Zuck. <laughs> I was trying to think of any nickname besides the Lizard King. And sure, I couldn't sure. think of one that, that sounded okay. So unfortunately, no. And the problem is too, we don't still know the price on this thing. So like they said significantly above 800. Now suddenly everyone's speculating 1500. I don't know why that's the figure I keep mm. seeing, which seems like a ton when it technically has the same processor as the quest two so i'm hoping significantly above means 899 not 1500 yeah that would be a lot a 1500 price range would just be insane it means that they're trying to compete like head to head with apple but yeah they they've sort of been like all of their wireless content though isn't at that premium range i don't know i feel like that's an entire different con conversation for another day <laughs> yeah that's it's something that we'll get into more in news and discussion but nat what, what was another question we had this week we have a question from chili's 94 asking with the playstation vr being all the craze recently what other company can you see making their own vr hardware good question apple aren't they working on one Yep. Yep. Apple's got something coming. I feel like the obvious pick here when you're talking about PlayStation VR is Xbox. Like how many years have we been waiting for Xbox to do something? And the newest Xbox is powerful enough. Microsoft partnered up with the HP Reverb. Why is that not working on the Xbox? Mm. I don't know. We can only dream. 
<laughs> Come on, give us some give us some developers' perspective here. What do you think, Adam? Why have we not seen this yet? Well, you know, Microsoft seems like they're much more interested in just buying other companies than making anything of this for themselves. <laughs> so, you know, maybe if they if they just invest all of the money and buy Valve, then they'll have a good VR headset. But you know, I, I'm not sure. I think maybe Microsoft as as well as a bunch of other AAA studios. They invested heavily into VR at first and then sort of dipped out. And they're just kind of biding their time for the VR market to get back up to the point where they're going to start investing in it. And I think Microsoft is kind of in that same boat. They're just they're just holding out, waiting for like that next big step and then going to probably buy out another company and start doing VR. I hope so. What if some random company made a VR headset? Like there are there are some, but they just don't get the publicity. Like Arpara, or is that how it's pronounced? Like Arpara is one that dropped a headset not that long ago that was like you know. It sounded like it was going to be a decent Steam VR headset, but you just don't really hear about these little ones that they don't make the splash like they used to when there wasn't a couple big names monopolizing the entire industry. What if like a cereal company made a headset? Like Kellogg's? Like Kellogg's branded or Fruit Loops, you know, like the it's just two giant orbs on your face, right? (laughs) I I wouldn't be surprised. The Fruit Loops headset. There was like the Doom style little game for like, was it? It wasn't. I think it was checks. I think it was checks cereal. Yes, and you did, had like a little spoon. Did you hear of that by any chance? No, why not? Old... This is the first I've ever heard of it. Yeah, it was way back it when Doom like clones were in a the nineties, and it came in your cereal box on a CD. CD ROM. Put it in your put it in your IBM PC, and then you played ser- a cereal game to promote your cereal that was basically a G-rated Doom. It was ridiculous. Wow! So how how times have changed, man. I, I miss being able to find video games in in cereal boxes, right? <laughs> Roller coaster tycoon getting in the cereal box, man. Oh. That was the best stuff ever. Yes. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, speaking of what what tastes good as cereal, Adam, you got another question. A good question from K twenty seven. Well, I mean, K twenty seven does ask, "What do you think a health potion tastes like?" <laughs> now. I, I think great question is kind of relative here. <laughs> I, I think it's just red flavored, right? Can you just say that? Like Swedish fish? That's what I imagine a health potion Ooh, tastes like. Just like, yum. like, cause that's, that's the same style of red, right? Like that's probably the exact same red is, is a health potion is like the red in a Swedish fish. So I just imagine health potions, just straight Swedish fish, liquefied Swedish fish. I like it. That's, that's oh. interesting. That's, better tasting than I would have expected because I actually after I saw this question I read an article that was like how would you make a real health potion in real life <laughs> and it was like mixes of a uh, you know all sort certain types of medicine and hallucinogens everything that would like give you like a some sort of health tonic edge and they said it would likely just taste really bitter like you know yeah, like a medicine slurry lovely yeah. <laughs> well like in hopefully video... there's some magic involved yeah, that would be nice. In Demio, there's one little thing that I think the archer says when she takes the health potion where she's like, Ugh, tastes terrible, but I feel better. Or something like that. <laughs> no, what we is, hope what that it she would taste say? like Swedish Why does it taste like... What's with the taste of the dead badger? I not will good. never look at a health potion the same. <laughs> Maybe not good. <laughs> well, Block Block is one person in our Discord that has a had a persistent question that actually most of the VR industry is very interested in, and that is, what do you think of the upcoming game 
from the creators of Boneworks, Bone Lab. It looks like a little bit more plot driven, a little bit more, you know, overall polished actual game versus more of the physics playground that Boneworks was. They're dropping Bone Lab on PC and on Quest standalone. And since you weren't here last time, Adam, they want to know your opinion. What do you think about Bone Lab? You know, that that's I haven't been following Bone Lab too quickly uh, or too closely, rather, because I didn't enjoy Boneworks all that much. And to hear, though, <laughs> that maybe they've polished it up a little bit and they actually have some story driven content. Are you sure it's story driven or, or is it more of just like a physics playground for the Bone Lab? It looks like at least there is some sort of a narrative of the game you are going through, because like you watch the trailer and it's like it's not like it was where you just kind of were like in a city or in a laboratory, it looks like, you know, you're moving through uh, caves and stuff. It, it looks like there's a lot more to it. It's actually like, I know it's like one of the most highly anticipated games that's coming to the VR scene right now, but I'm one of those weirdos who tries not to look at the stuff when there's a big game coming because I want to get in and see it all fresh myself. So I'm not the Bone Lab expert here. I've seen tons of videos with tons of views, people saying this is going to be in Bone Lab and that's going to be in Bone Lab and I haven't watched any because I want to just get in there and experience it. I, I had mixed feelings about Boneworks and maybe we can talk about that at a different time but i'm looking at bone lab and it does seem like it's a lot more polished mm-hmm. boneworks sort of ran into this problem of like it was sort of a a physics based experimental game but the physics based part of it sucked like that was like the worst part is like i feel like i had to struggle through all this physics in order to like enjoy the rest of the game <laughs> and it and it seems like they're sort of moving a bit away from that and i'm, I'm looking up the trailer right now and it seems really polished it seems like that they've cut out a lot of the wonky physics engine stuff well retaining the good part of the physics and removing some of the bad aspects so you know i i think it could be a good experience i'm i will probably play it in seven years when it goes on discount <laughs> <laughs> adam is determined to get everybody up in arms on this podcast i'm saying <laughs> There's been so many games that were, this is the game that's going to change. This is the game that's going to take us mainstream. Everyone's going to buy this. And so I always get worried when I see these other channels that are like, this game's going to change the VR industry. It's going to revolutionize everything. Like, I've heard you say that for years on so many of these other ones. Like, let's see if it delivers and then make a freaking video of how it's changing the industry. But all this hype, it better deliver with what everyone's saying, or it's just going to be another one of those VR games that everybody thought was going to change everything. And it was, you know, it still can be a fine game. But even Half-Life Alex, which was phenomenal, didn't take VR straight to the mainstream like everybody kept saying it was going to. It's a slow process. One game isn't going to change the entire landscape and take it to everyone in the world. So yeah, for for VR to move forward, we're not looking at that explosive change, right? We're looking at small incremental improvements. A game does this a little bit better. A game reduces motion sickness by doing this one little trick and the industry goes up. It's going to be a gradual process, not an explosive. Bam, one person releases a game and now everyone needs to get vr it's going to be it's going to be a little bit a little bit yeah i i agree i think that we live in this time of like viral marketing and viral videos to where everyone's starting to think that that the world can work that way just because one video can go from you know zero views to 10 million views in a day doesn't mean that an entire industry like the video game industry can change overnight that quickly. These are industries that have been around for many years and it takes time to make these incremental changes. So 
I hope, Block, that that gives you the last tidbit you need to hold out. But we'll be talking about one of a lot once it launches. We got to get to the launch because I don't want to be here talking about, oh, I can't wait. It's going to change <laughs> things and just have another game that lets me down. But uh, speaking of letting us down, we got to talk about the news this week <laughs> in the world of VR. But before you tell before we get to that, we got to tell you about someone who's never let us down. And that's Asterian products. I've got two of their stands on my desk right here. I've got another one glowing in the background that they customized with my channel logo on it just for me. They're awesome. If you go on Amazon right now, you can check them out. Asterian products. They have the Aura VR headset stand. And if you want 10% off, if you're going to get one for yourself, Full Dive 10 will get you that throne for your VR headset that it deserves. Oh, boy. Are we are we actually talking about TikTok on the podcast? I guess we are. So ByteDance, the company that owns TikTok and has purchased Pico, if you don't know about Pico out there, that's hard to imagine. But Pico is basically a Chinese competitor to the MetaQuest. They have they're on the Pico three right now. It's one of the only other standalone VR headsets in the industry. I think it's six ninety nine if you want to buy the base model. And they've been teasing that maybe the four is already coming, even though the three launched, I want to say in like April of this year, it wasn't that long ago. But back when it launched, they did something where they dropped kind of a controversial, exciting line. They said, if we launch another headset within the next 12 months, if you buy this first one, you'll get a 35% discount off the next one. So wow. that kind of made everyone think, okay, something else is coming, which is a cool idea because it's like, okay, if I buy this, I can still buy that one. But it also might make you like, oh, I'm just not going to buy this. With Pico 4 potentially coming, people have actually also seen that there was a Pico 4 Pro title that popped up and it was actually in a leak, of course, because we're in leak culture, leak world. That's just that's just what, how things are now. But people are thinking that the Pico 4 is basically going to be their their headset to compete in the budget end. And then the Pro they think is kind of going to be a clone of this Quest Pro that's had all of its leaks and everything else coming. So... With that said, you know, there's been a lot of talk about how Facebook steals your data and sells your data. But then there's talks about how, well, at least because it's a company based out of America, it's under American regulation, where people say ByteDance under Chinese regulation can take even more and do more with your data. So some people are like even more worried about buying a headset from them. They thought this would be like an alternative to Meta, but then they're like, oh, this might be even worse for our personal data. So what do you think if this thing comes out? They're saying it's going to be heavily subsidized, which is an important detail here. So maybe it'll actually be cheap. Are you going to buy one, Adam? Are you going to give up your quest? No, nothing. Will, <laughs> no, no, I'm not buying one. <laughs> you, you see, and, and you're absolutely right about the privacy thing. As bad as we think Facebook is about privacy concerns and everything like that, uh, working as a software developer in the software, in sort of the software space, you want your data to be managed by an American company, no matter how, you know, aggressive they might seem about collecting your data. You want your data by an American company just because it's way better than a lot of these international companies taking your data. So so the fact that this is sort of, you know, the the Chinese equivalent of Facebook managing their own headset, I, I don't think that I could go with a company that does that. Also, I'm not sure if they're trying to necessarily tailor their product for the American audience either. It sounds like that they have their own, their entire own store with their own product line. I'm not sure if it's necessarily given us software that we want sort of in the American or the Western space, you know? So I'm not sure. It seems like 
for the people who want this sort of thing, maybe in, in the China or the East Asia market, might be fantastic. For everyone else in the world, it, it might be a product that not necessarily they're, they're building with us as the potential customer. What I really want is PSVR 2. <laughs> if it's not PSVR 2, I don't care. Right? <laughs> well, that makes sense. And actually, Nat, we have some news about the PSVR 2. You want to share? Do. Some slightly bummer news um, from Sony is that PSVR games are not going to be compatible with PSVR 2. And I'm not super surprised because I feel like the PlayStation um, consoles that come out are hardly ever backwards compatible. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that's a thing that we've come to expect from Sony for a while. Um, I feel like at some point they said that all the games that you had were going to work with PSVR 2. So that makes this a little bit surprising. Um, if I hadn't heard that before, then I wouldn't have been surprised. But um, they're saying it's because their new headset is just so innovative, so next gen, <laughs> that it just won't work with those dusty old games. So, you know, they're trying to make it sound like cool, like, oh, our new headset is just going to be so great that it just can't work with these old games that don't have you know, inside out tracking, blah, blah, blah. So I, I kind of see how they wouldn't work because there is all this new stuff, but it is kind of disappointing. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. What do you guys think about this? I like, I don't even know what to think. <laughs> Unless it's like a neural link headset. I don't think they have an excuse. You know? <laughs> It, it, it's just it's real frustrating when you buy a game and then they release like an updated version of of the game handler and then you can't play any of your old games it's like buy all your new games um and and that's real frustrating thing from especially from perhaps the software side of things it doesn't make sense the hardware tells the software where you are in the world where you're looking and then that's about it um and so it feels like that from a software perspective, they are totally capable of of making the PSVR 2 work with all of the old games. And they're just maybe choosing not to. And that's real frustrating. See, this is the insight I need because I don't know anything about <laughs> like how stuff works and stuff. So and I always kind of thought as a kid when like the new consoles came out, I'm like, excuse me, this is not backwards compatible this is ridiculous like they just you know want everyone to have to buy all new games and not play any of their games that they liked before so i always you know was kind of suspicious about it before and that just confirms my suspicions that they just don't want to do it because they you know if people had their old games that they like maybe they won't buy new games um, and or maybe the new games this... won't be on the PSVR or the old games won't be on the PSVR too. You know, they just won't offer them at all, which is right. equally frustrating. Yeah. <laughs> but, but Sony does do this. They, they, they yeah. Microsoft and with the Xbox is, tends to keep their hardware pretty in line. And so the fact that often Sony games aren't backwards compatible is because Sony makes their consoles weird <laughs> mm -hmm. and and sometimes the hardware literally the hardware itself doesn't line up 
Uh, mm. That is true. But from a VR perspective, yeah, I don't know about that. That one seems a bit much. So I don't know. It kind of makes me think that they just are like, oh, it's just such a an inferior experience that we don't <laughs> want it to, you know, go on to our new fancy headset. Mm. Yeah, I think that's uh, potentially what they're trying to do here. And, you know, there'd be some slight reworking because now there's going to be analog sticks on your controllers, which the original mm-hmm. PSVR didn't have. Mm-hmm. It used the light tracking. So the physical position of where your gun was in a game versus where it would be now. There is slight changes. I think it would just require every developer to do some slight work to change it back. But hope that's what we're hoping. You know, we don't know necessarily. Yes, those old games may not work, but that doesn't mean some of the top games aren't going to get an update that make them work or a redesign or something that we're hoping for. But now that people have gotten, they've they've dropped the embargoes on some of these first hands-on experiences and reviewers have been able to talk about the PSVR 2 and what it's doing. It looks like it is really going to be a truly next-gen experience. This Horizon VR experience that they've made. They're using the eye tracking to do extremely fine uh, adaptive foveated rendering and right where you're looking so that everything looks really high definition where you're looking and then around it, it's not having to render such high definition. And people are saying like, this thing is incredible. Yeah, the headset haptics, the adaptive triggers and everything. And it's like, this is really going to feel like next gen VR for all of us who have been waiting because like a Quest 2, even versus an original Rift, does not feel like that crazy of an experience. It is higher definition and you don't have the cable, but truly side by side, you could play Beat Saber in one and Beat Saber in the other, and you wouldn't go, oh my gosh, this is an overnight. This is a huge change. Mm-hmm. So I, I can't wait. I really hope though that you know some of my favorite games, they'll make work, they'll add an update or something because it'd be tough for a lot of people who can't, afford to necessarily keep their really old PSVR right. and keep it running who like me who have like 300 PSVR games in their library. And I'm just going to lose all those games. Like that's pretty frustrating. So yeah. I hope that something happens that we get to keep at least the top ones. They make it work. Right. Yeah. Oh, Sony. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I can't wait. Sony, the one thing that's going to hold it back and you know, a lot of people are saying, Oh, it's next gen. It's amazing. Blah, blah, blah. It's cabled. There's a wire still going to your head, mm-hmm. just like the Valve Index. But Adam has some news for us that might have some potential changes. And I know that you mentioned this earlier on the podcast uh, a couple weeks or months ago, but we're going to be talking about Nofio, which is a Wi-Fi enabled uh, modification for your Valve Index headset so that it can play completely wirelessly. It's supposed to work on like a five by five meter square area. Um, but the idea is that you take out the cables, you modify your backstrap a little bit, and then you're able to play with the Valve Index completely wirelessly over Wi-Fi. Um, there is some updated news. So when this Kickstarter project came out, met its Kickstarter goal day one, but it just recently sold out, like completely sold out. It maxed out. They, they had to make an announcement goes, we've hit our production capacity for this. Uh, you can't buy it anymore at the moment. They say <laughs> that they have big news coming in the pipeline. And hopefully that big news is you can buy more of them because this is an exciting project that's coming out. Um, but they managed to completely sell out two weeks before the campaign ends. Um, now, now, wireless for the Valve Index has always been sort of a pipe dream. Mm-hmm. Um, but it sounds like this company is finally doing it and they're they're doing it well. 
I think it's interesting that they went the Wi-Fi route instead of mm. the the HTC had sort of a device that you'd plug right into your graphics card. And this doesn't seem to have that. And I thought that was interesting. Did you order one? I did not order one uh, <laughs> because as you can tell, my room is small enough that I can reach the corners without <laughs> while still being wired. <laughs> <laughs> and you don't think now that you own a Quest 2, you don't think that difference of not having any cables at all is worth the trouble with the Valve Index? The wireless is nice with the with the Quest because I can go anywhere. But with the Valve Index, I mean, it's sort of like, yeah, it's nice, but you still have to be like where your computer is generally. You mm. still have to be where you have uh, mm -hmm. sensors in the corners. And so it's not that truly freedom of movement that you get with the Quest, mm. right? Where... If I put on the quest, I can like, you know, do my um, uh, pass through mode and just literally walk over to the kitchen and get a snack and then just put my play area there and then play there. I'm, mm. I'm not tethered down anywhere like I am with the Valve Index. So, I mean, as long as I'm tethered down by these wall sensors with the Valve Index, I don't mind that it's wired. It's not like I'm going anywhere else anyway with it. That makes That's sense. a really good point. Yeah. Because... It's an unpopular point, but you know, that, that's the one <laughs> I'm sticking to. <laughs> I think that really is a good thing to point out, though, because it's not just that, oh, man, there's this annoying wire or something, but it's like you have to have all of the other stuff there to make sure that it works, yeah. the PC, the sensors, and everything. Um, and that is a thing that I think will keep Quest going even if you know this pro is really expensive i think people would still get the quest 2 because of that fact that you can go anywhere with it and like you said just like you know go into a different room if you're like moving or visiting or something like that you don't have to set up this whole thing um i do wonder how easy it's going to be to set up stuff with the PSVR two, but even then you'd still need your PS five. So it's mm -hmm. going to be, you know, still, you can't just move to a different room without having to have some setup. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I demoed the valve index with a bunch of my flight sim setup for my work uh, earlier in the year. And it was an ordeal, right? Mm -hmm. Is I had to pack my computer and monitors and my val and my all of my VR stuff and the sensors and the controllers and the accessories, and just box it all up and and like in three different boxes, I had to take yeah. like three trips to set it up, and it took like the better part of an hour to set it all up. Um, with the Quest, and and even if it was wireless, I would still have to do all that mm -hmm. with the Quest. I went on a trip with it last time I was on the podcast. I talked about it. I literally put the quest in my suitcase. And when I got there, I took the quest out of my suitcase. And five minutes later, I was playing pistol whip. So, I mean, <laughs> you, you can't beat that. You can't beat that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We're just going to, us VR enthusiasts are just going to have to get all the different kinds of headsets. So we have, you know, our travel headset, our house headset, maybe our living room headset, our bedroom headset. Okay. That might sound Okay. <laughs> Not in a creepy way. <laughs> like just, you know, all the different headsets with all their different advantages and disadvantages. 
Yeah. yeah. It's got to it's got to fit every gaming space possible. And we got to talk about some games, of course, on this podcast. We got to tell you one last time. If your VR headset sitting on the floor somewhere, if you throw it in a box, if you leave it sitting on your desk, it deserves a proper throne. The Asterian Aura VR headset stand is where my quest is sitting next to me right now. And it's got a gorgeous blue glow coming from all around it. Check them out on AsterianProducts.com. Use code full dive. One word. Any order. $19.99 or more. Adam. There's a big deal in VR this last week. Somebody made a full mod to play all of Half-Life 2 in VR, and you actually got to play some of it. Tell us all about it. I'm excited. I did. So, you know, one of the, and we talked about it earlier, one of the bigger VR games that made a splash on the market when it Mm -hmm. came in was Half-Life Alex. Um, Half-Life 2, when it released back in the day, one of consistently rated one of the best games of all time. Uh, I love love playing Half-Life 2. Um, and they released a mod, and it's the entire game, beginning to end, full native VR. Wow. It is unbelievable. But it also made me rethink some of the opinions I had about VR, which was surprising. Mm. Um, Half-Life 2, it's... it's, You can tell in some ways that it's a mod. Mm. Half-Life 2 was a game that wasn't made for VR to begin with. Mm-hmm. Um, it was it was meant to be played as a flat game, and yet I still think that Half Life Two VR mod is one of my top five VR games I've ever played. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it is show so That's shockingly impressive. good, and it's so shockingly good that I bet I would bet money that there's some current Valve employees that Valve supported this mod just to sort of test the waters. Um with some things that they're experimenting with VR mm. because it is that good. Wow. Um, so how, have you guys played Half-Life 2? No. I played some Half-Life okay. 1 back in the day. I never got Half-Life to 1. playing 2, but I've seen some footage of it. And I mean, I know there's parts where you like ride quads and stuff. So I'm thinking about that in VR. I'm thinking about how does a crowbar work? You know, do you press a button and it swings? Because it's a modern. I mean, you actually swing in that crowbar. I'm curious. You were asking all of the questions that I had coming in, right? <laughs> I'm coming in. I had a couple questions, right? It's like, one, how's the crowbar didn't work? They intentionally didn't have, like, collision physics in Half-Life Alex mm-hmm. or, like, swinging physics because it's odd in, ha- in VR, right? Mm-hmm. Um, how's the vehicles going to work? Because I got motion sick playing Half-Life 2 vehicles on flat screen. <laughs> oh, man. Like, the airboat is really rough playing it Ooh. uh and then that and so you're you're asking all the right questions <laughs> with the crowbar it is it's up there with beat saber or not beat saber <laughs> um shoot what's the um uh what's the arena battler with really good heavy physics i know that the name uh, is escaping me yeah i feel like the name doesn't fit it you know the one where you're like beating people up and it's like you're not talking about blade and sorcery. I am talking about blade oh, and sorcery. Oh, okay. I would actually put it up there kind of with blade and sorcery. It wow. feels real good. It doesn't wow. have the heavy impact physics, but you swing them, you you swing and they react and it just makes a real satisfying sound and it just feels very good. Um the other the other big thing is the vehicles. I raced <laughs> through the game to try and get to the airboat vehicle levels. 
like I said before, that made me motion sick playing flat screen. (laughs) And this is when my suspicions about, I think Valve had something to do with this kind of got confirmed. Mm. The, the, just to put it in perspective, Jay, do you, there's this game, um, war dust. That was Mm -hmm. the huge multiplayer, 64 players, 64 players. And you could ride vehicles in that. And it was fast and it was terrifying. And it kind of made you feel a bit motion sick just because of how wonky the controls are. Yep. It feels very similar to that. (laughs) (laughs) But polished. It's polished to the point where I didn't feel any motion sick. Wow. Wow. It was shocking. And and that's where I'm like, I bet you, I would bet money that there's some Valve developers that worked on this. (laughs) Because there's just a level of polish to the entire experience that really, I I would play it VR over flat screen any day of the week, even though it's made for flat screen originally. It's one of those weird things. I don't like flat screen games that got transported over into VR. And and there's Mm -hmm. a couple of games, right? Phasmophobia and uh, The Forest and, and a couple of other games that started flat screen and they tried to modify it into VR. And for me, it just never quite worked. Mm-hmm. With Half-Life 2 mod, uh, VR mod, any day of the week, I'd pick the VR mod. It is unbelievably good. Wow. That is so surprising to hear about a mod. That's mm-hmm. that's really exciting. Yeah, honestly, it, it, I, don't, I don't even think it's a mod. I think it's almost official. <laughs> that, that's, that's my opinion, right? Semi-official, Semi-official. support. <laughs> Secret official. Yeah, uh, that makes me really want to get in and play this. I'm still of that mindset that I didn't finish one, so I'm like, should I do that? But nah, you don't need to finish one. Just go for it. Yeah, just totally go for it. There, there are a couple oddities, right? There's a couple oddities with the game. Of course, um, it seems like everyone in the game is like five foot nothing, mm-hmm. and so coming in is like a six foot three behemoth. Apparently, it, it, I don't think the game was modded for me. <laughs> <laughs> Because I'm just like looming over all of these NPCs in the game. Ooh, that sounds fun. I would love to be <laughs> tall in a game. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, seriously. Half-Life uh, 2 VR mod, one of the best VR gaming experiences out on the market. It's completely wow. free if you own Half-Life 2 already. And if you don't, it's like 10 bucks on Steam or something. It's like 10 so. bucks. Occasionally wow. it goes on sale for like a buck 50. Now, as someone who barely mods games, I mean, I got Beat Saber custom songs. That is probably the most modding I've done on a game in a while. How intense was getting the mod installed? Uh, It was easy. So it's not even a mod. You don't have to modify any files or anything. You literally go to the store page. Um, It's its own product on the Steam Steam store page. Mm. And you just click install via Steam. And then it's in your Steam library. And you just play it as you would any other game. Cool. Yeah, it's it's shockingly good. So you don't need to modify any files. You don't have to worry about corrupting anything. You just download it and play it. Dang, you got me convinced. I got to do this now. You you really got to try it out. I'm telling you. It's that easy. You know, there's some crazy mods you can do at Blade and Sorcery. But there's also some crazy work you can put into trying to get them to work and then it may not. And I hate, there's something I hate more than trying to mod something, failing, ruining the game <laughs> and having to completely uninstall it all. And it sounds like this is just so friendly that now you're making me wonder too, was there some official help here? Cause that seems, <laughs> that seems too easy for a mod. Yeah. <laughs> it's these valve people, they were onto something. And, and I wish that, I wish that you guys played it so I could like 
nerd out over it with you. But it's so much better in VR than even the original experience. And the original experience is like one of the best games made ever, ever made. Um, But this VR mod, like you're, you're driving in an airboat and there's people on each side. They're like shooting into the water and you can see like bullet splashes around you in the water as you're driving this airboat. And when you're on PC, it's hard because when you move your mouse around, well, you, you can't really do that. You're sort of locked frame of view. Mm. And so like looking somewhere and looking back actually is a lot of work. <laughs> right. Uh, but in, v- in VR, it's really easy to like look from side to side. And so I feel like I'm picking up on so much more of the details that mm. these developers put into the original game that I don't know. If I was a conspiracy theorist, I would say that, <laughs> that Valve made this game to be in VR but couldn't make it in VR back in like, I don't know, like the early 90s or mm. early 2000s whenever they released it. Because that's how well it works in VR. Wow. Now, I played Doom 3 on PSVR, and that was the full original Doom game. And I was surprised because they didn't update the graphics, and it still just looked really good in VR because yeah. it it wasn't trying to be realistic. It looked like yeah. old blocky graphics, yeah. but it translated well. Is that the same thing you see with Half-Life 2? Very similar, yeah. It, they, it's not quite as old as Doom Three, and so the graphics, in, in terms of other VR games, are actually, I'd kind of say, a little bit below average, but not that far below. Mm-hmm. And it's sort of low tech in a charming sort of way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, and maybe I don't know. I'm going to be get called a, a Val fanboy or whatever in the comments, <laughs> right? Just because of that. But honestly. The graphics hold up real well. It just feels nice and easy to parse as you're looking at the environment. Um, just feels good all around. And it changed my opinion a little bit on VR games because Valve... Um, where was I going with that? Uh, Half-Life 2 was known for like its physics-based interaction, mm-hmm. uh, which translates pretty well to VR. But there's not a lot of like interactables Uh so like in Half-Life Alex, when you want to open a door, you go to a door and you like push down on the door handle and push it open, right? Mm-hmm. You don't get that very much in Half-Life 2. You go up and you pull the trigger and it kind of opens the door for you. Sort of like pressing the interact button. And I used to think that was necessary in a VR game to make it feel really good. And Half-Life 2 VR mod kind of changed my mind on that. Just because the world feels so rich and detailed around you as you're going through it and there's so much just to look at and absorb that when you don't have those interactables i don't think it took me out of the experience as much which was surprising for me Interesting. i'm I'm excited to hear that because it is a big debate of like if vr has to be real then should i be able to walk up to a desk in a game and pick up every single object on the desk which as i'm sure you know as a software developer would be a nightmare (laughs) to have that kind of realistic capability but i saw that too kind of in doom 3 it was like okay i didn't need that i was just so busy with everything going on in the game the world and seeing these different visuals that it it didn't really pull me out you know I mean, think about how many times in real life are you walking through someone's office and you try and pick up every single thing on every person's desk? You know, you're not really allowed to do that in real life either. So it's not always necessary. (laughs) (laughs) You you can do it. I'm excited. I think that anyone out there who's been on the fence about this should go try this because it sounds like it's not only good, but it's really easy. A lot of times you hear mod and people get nervous, but this doesn't even sound like you really have to mod it, which I like. It's just like a full game. I will say 
if you get motion sick, this is a game that requires VR legs. <laughs> you need to be ready for this. You've oh, been yeah. seasoned for years, and now is your time to shine as a VR lover. <laughs> like uh, your default move speed versus Half Life Alex is like triple. Oh, oh wow. yeah. <laughs> so, like, you need your VR legs. <laughs> I like that. Well, we touched on Into the Radius briefly last week. It's another game that just came out, made a splash in VR again because it's been out on PC for a few years, but it just came out on Quest Standalone. And the fact that they got this full open world survival game to fit on the Quest and play was kind of miraculous. Uh, Last week, I had only barely played the tutorial. I hadn't gotten into the game at all. So we're going to just briefly talk about a few learnings since then. And Nat also got in and at least got to play the tutorial. So... Nat, from your perspective last week when I talked about the tutorial to actually playing the tutorial today, what did you think getting into it? Well, I'm not sure if I actually played the tutorial because I couldn't figure out what I was doing. (laughs) So I hope that wasn't actually the tutorial. But I've had issues with uh, tutorials and stuff like that before that we've talked about that I just... I just need my hand really held for tutorials and someone tell me exactly what to do or I'll be like, ooh, look at that <laughs> and walk away from the tutorials, probably what I did. Uh, but my my main thought when I went into the game was, wow, this, this looks pretty bad. <laughs> I, I don't know if I'm just being overly critical, but man, it looked surprisingly bad and I know, like, I haven't been playing a ton of different games recently, but there was even, like, it was, like, I don't know what you would call that, but it was almost, like, stuff in the, that was kind of far away was almost, like, moving. And mm. it was, like, and and things, like, there was, like, a poster thing, and I couldn't read it, and it looked all weird and bad. Um, I did the one action that I was able to do before I probably just walked out of the tutorial area was there were like knives on like stuck in the wall and so I grabbed one of those and I threw it and that seemed to work really well like the throwing mechanic but I thought that it looked really terrible (laughs) (laughs) well that's the funny thing we take old games like Resident Evil 4 or Half-Life 2 and we bring them into the world of VR and they look good but when you take a really intense PC game and you try and optimize it to fit on the quest it can do the total opposite Uh, That said, Adam, you weren't here last week, so I'll give you just a really brief synopsis of my experience. So basically, Into the Radius, like most survival games, it doesn't hold your hand. There is a tutorial, but it's brief. And you basically go figure out how to play the game by getting killed over and over and over again (laughs) while you figure out what killed you. Was it exposure? Was it radiation? Was it some kind of monster you could see? Was it some kind of monster you couldn't see? And you had to have a device on you to detect it. Uh, That (laughs) side of it, you know, it's obviously very grindy, but the thing that really intrigued me when I first got in it has the most realistic gun mechanics I've ever seen. Really? When your mag falls out of your gun, you better pick that mag up because that's the only one you're <laughs> going to get. And you have to take each individual bullet out of the box and put it in that mag to load it up and then have your mag sitting on you ready. And over time, hmm. if you let that mag go through hell, it will break on you. So you have to clean your gun. You have to repair your mags. It is a very high intense level of grinding and maintenance. And for some people in a survival game, that's imperative. Mm -hmm. And as someone who played a lot of stranded deep, I can tell you, I am someone who can put in the time, 
But the worst thing about it was that it reminded me how hard it is to play a game that requires that kind of work and time on the quest too. Mm. With how front heavy it is, with yeah. how hard it is to keep playing, how much it can strain your eyes if your IPD isn't exactly one of their three yes. measurements in there. It really, uh, the game, I, I playing the game as much as I did, I basically just want to get it and play it on a PC headset because mm-hmm. I just want that lightweight PC headset. The cord isn't really going to get in my way if I'm just playing in one room. I, I'm like, this game seems like it has real potential, but it doesn't look as good on the quest. And man, it weighs because all of your pockets where your mags go, where your knife goes, everything is on your chest, basically. So you're looking down uh, all the time to grab stuff and your oh. neck just really starts to feel it after a while. I was getting a headache from being stuff. in it for like one minute. <laughs> I think that was because of like the visuals. It was like, oh, yeah, just so it, it's not a reflection on the game. This doesn't mean the game's bad, but I just feel like this game and the quest two, it's not where I would play it if I had a choice. Mm-hmm. If I still had my Rift S and it was all hooked up, I would immediately switch over and play it on that headset because it was so lightweight because of the cord that mm-hmm. it, it's another thing that makes me think, man, I can't wait for PSVR two. full yeah. games, <laughs> lightweight headset, great optics, great visuals. There's a reason that we haven't gone completely wireless yet, and it's because these kind of things still have a home on a wired headset. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah did you did the graphics not bother you because no i mean i've i've played a lot of games on quest from good graphics to terrible <laughs> graphics i felt like they kind of just fit in the middle they kind of are what you would expect for any open world game on quest because obviously it can't look as incredible because yeah. it has too much to render so i thought it was fine you know it, it was just i okay. felt like it looked like gear vr i don't know maybe i'm being just overly <laughs> <laughs> it, i was like shocked i was like whoa i think you need to go play end. arizona sunshine on quest again and then try this again just to kind of <laughs> help you remember how games on quest can look <laughs> it has been a while since i played arizona sunshine uh so with this game it seems like there's a lot of tedious elements of mm-hmm. it right you're manually reloading bullets you're manually cleaning your gun uh, the, the tedium of survival games can put off a lot of people. Uh, but for you, do you think that it actually added to the game? Or are you constantly just like, I got to make sure my gun's clean so I can actually go get to the fun part? Uh, how do you feel about it? It added a lot of stress to the game because you're looking for a safe spot to stop and reload your mags for the next fight that you get into. And a lot of times those safe spots are in a dark room and you don't have a lantern. You have a flashlight that you have to keep turned on. So you only have two hands. You have this flashlight like there's it's a very stressful, intense game. But once I got about three hours into the game, I definitely started to think, okay, I I don't know if this game has the legs for me to want to keep playing it forever. Those first few hours, it was really cool to see the world and learn about what's going on, this mystery behind it. But it gets to a point where it's like, okay, this is a high level of work (laughs) just to just to play this game. But I think that if I was on a PC headset that was lightweight and comfortable, I think I'd be a lot more willing to do that. work. The Mm. quest is just enough of a pain that it was like, okay, this is a hard mix. You know, especially if you don't have a battery strap, you also are limited to the amount of time you can even play and recharge your headset. It just it just really made the problems with the quest shine a lot more in my mind that I was almost like, I kind of want to hold out. And if this quest pro launches next month, I kind of want to try to continue this game on that and see if it's much better. They say it's not a gaming headset, but I mean, if games work on it, then it's a gaming headset. So (laughs) I don't know. That's where I'm at with it. I'm still we're going to do a full review. Me and Lipnox are both trying to get through enough of it to really do a review episode for everybody out there. But at the at the moment, I'm kind of on the fence. I think this is really only for hardcore survival enthusiasts mm. who like 
tedious grinding mm. and work games, which it can be rewarding enough, maybe. But I, I definitely I'm starting to get to the point where it's starting to feel like a chore to get back into it instead of something I'm excited to do. Yeah, Sounds like a game I would hate. Yeah. I would probably yeah. also I would just be like, bah, because I feel like I just don't understand what's going on. Yeah, yeah. It's... I do not do well with those kind of games. It's a lot. And that's where I'd love to know if you're out there and you want to come tell me what you think of the game, join the Discord server. I'd love to hear if you played Into the Radius. Is it Does it get to a point where it gets easier? Because I imagine you get bigger, better guns, and then you're not reloading as much because they got these 30-round mags, and you could take out the enemies. Maybe it gets easier as you survive longer. I'd love to know. You can also ask us questions for the Q&A, influence the future of the podcast, and what we talk about, what we play. Take it a step further over to Patreon if you really want to. We've got enough supporters over there that it takes care of all the bills for us. So thank you so much for that. And of course, if you're listening, you can watch us on YouTube. If you're watching, you can listen to us anywhere you want to. And we just want to say a huge thank you. And if you're still listening to this podcast, wondering whether it's time to get into VR yet, it's time to just dive on in. Dive on in. Dive on in.